Father, for the rest of this worship time, we, we ask for, um, for your Holy Spirit to guide us, that, that everything that we do and, and say would be glorifying to you. Father, for the words that, that I speak as I bring the word, let them be moved by your Holy Spirit and tested by your word. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to look today, and again, um, we've been going through some of the stuff that we're looking at in um, in our, our statement of faith, and I want to look today at uh, in the, over the next couple of weeks at some of the roles within the body of Christ. And and um, if you follow along, um, we're going to read from First Peter five uh, one to five. That's First Peter five one to five. So I exhort the elders among you, as a fellow elder and a witness of the suffering of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly, not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility towards one another. For God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. You know, as we we read this, I'm I'm struck with that last verse. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility towards one another. For God opposes the proud and gives grace to the humble. You see, God has an order in the body of Christ. And this is one of the things that that oftentimes I think we today find find very difficult because we struggle with with humility in in the age of, of selfies. But he says... Clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. I've even heard that text taken out of context. Just saying, clothe yourself with humility and ending it there. But it says, clothe yourselves with humility towards one another. And this is one of the features of the body of Christ. That we submit to one another. That we learn from one another. That we teach one another. And that we are existing here to build each other up. So I want to address the role of elders. What is the, what is the role that we have as elders? Last week I spoke about how Christians were followers of Jesus. We're disciples. Which means, if we're following, that we, we actually move somewhere. We don't stay stagnant. But, but when we dig deeper, we realize we're, we're not moving alone. So not only are we, are we moving, but we're moving together. Maybe this is something that we struggle with, the notion that our Christian walk is not a walk alone. And if you feel like that's the case, it doesn't have to be that case. Uh, I really appreciate Rowan asking us to look around this morning. Because oftentimes we, we view the body of Christ, we view the church as, 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 as an audience watching something going on on stage. But, but that's not actually the body of Christ. That's not what God intended for the body. 
Each person here has a, a role. And when we look around, think about that. Think about what is the gifts of those people I'm looking at? What are the gifts of the people in the pew next to me, in front of me? How has God gifted them? Each believer has a gift, according to 1 Corinthians 12. It is the... Oh, excuse me. My brain is going faster than my mouth. Um, it, is, it is to be used to build you up. So I want you to think about that. When you look at somebody else in, in this building, it, uh, the believers in this building, and you can ask yourself, how has God put them in my life to build me up? That's, that's a question we, we, we don't often ask. We'll ask, how can I build somebody else up? But also, they've been put in, in here to help build you up. Just as you have been given a gift to build others up. Each and every one is important to your life. Again, I know it may not feel that way, but each true believer here has been gifted to build you up into Christ in a different way. That's why when we have division, it feels so so terrible. It feels like everything's inadequate because we've divided, we've been divided from an essential part of our upbuilding, of our own body. So in light of that, elders, elders are important. And as I say that, there's a popular move in the church and maybe it's because people don't understand what I've just said, but, but a popular move in the church to do away with eldership to, or, or to combine the role of, of elders with the role of deacons, minimizing that role of elders. But scripturally, and please know, when I come here, I'm, I'm not basing this on, on my own opinion, but, but what the Bible says, elders are important. We read that here. I want to talk about why. There are first two, two kinds of elders. There's big E elders who have an official office. We'll get into that later. Official role in the body of Christ. And there are little E elders who are those who are older and more experienced than yourselves. Both are needed in your life. We need both of those types of elders. If you are over the age of a day, you are an elder to somebody. You are more wise and experienced to somebody. And God has, has gifted you with that experience. He's gifted you with that, that knowledge and that wisdom so that you can pass that on. So all of us, to somebody, we are an elder. And, and for most of us, there, there's, there's, there's a lot more people who are our elders. And, and as, as we read in our text, we submit with, with humility towards them. Saying, we've got a lot to learn. All of us do. There's, there's not one person here who can say that, that, that we don't have more to learn. And God has put people in your lives, little E elders and big E elders, to teach and to raise you up. So according to verse 1, we, um, we read this, So I exhort the elders among you as fellow elders and witnesses to the suffering of Christ. So according to verse 1, elders are, are believers, of course. They, they have to be witnesses of Christ. Uh, 
They have to be believers in Jesus Christ. Paul considers him himself an elder. But they have to be a witness of Jesus Christ. This doesn't necessarily mean that they saw Jesus die on the cross. But they're able to be willing, or they're, they're willing to, to bear witness to Jesus. So let's focus on that, that, that word witness. They're, they're willing to witness Jesus. They're willing to talk about Jesus and to tell them about Jesus. This is a really important thing for an elder to be able to do. Of course, of course this is huge for an elder. Uh, if, if the purpose of the church is to be the witness for Jesus Christ on the earth, according to Matthew 28, to, to go and make disciples, then of course, elders, the overseers, should be able to do this. Also, he goes further, they're partakers in glory. The word partakers there. Koinos. So, in Greek, which, which means doing this together. Community. And, and Michael talked a little bit about this in, in communion. They are partaking of the glory, sharing in this. Elders are not islands. They work with, with other elders, are accountable to one another, and they support one another, and they're not islands within the church. They're, they're accountable to the other people in the pews and, and supported by the other people in the pews, and they learn and teach, just, just like all of us do. Verse 2, shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly as God would have you, not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Elders are, are shepherds. Oftentimes when, um, when we look at the, 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 the shepherding role in, in the Bible, we think of pastor. And you know, actually, the, 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 the role of pastor is not actually in Scripture. And I'll get to that in a, in a couple sermons. But, but the role that we often think of, of as pastor but here it's the elders who shepherd the flock among us. Um, the Greek word here is presbyteros, which means old man. Um, you could say that for some of our elders, I guess. Um, but it's the spirit of that. Wiser. And, and they've been recognized as, as having wisdom, as, as having insight. And we can see that it is a specific role um, that, that, that they share in this text. Shepherd, what does a, a shepherd do? Well, a shepherd's main job is to guide the sheep to their destination, to the, to the fold, to where there's food, to where there's protection, and to protect them from predators on the way, from wolves. So firstly... This is where it's important for an elder to be a witness. They gotta know where we're going. They gotta know how to get there. Essentially, they gotta know Jesus. It's a witness's guide to guide people and to lead people to faith in Jesus Christ. That's where we are going to Christ. It is important that an elder be able to share about that destination. To be able to tell people where they are going and how to get there. 
and to be able to to be able to share that to to share the good news of Jesus Christ. One of the things that has happened over the past few decades is that we've professionalized this role, made it so that um, that only those who are our professional ministry are in, in professional ministry can, can do this job. Only those who get paid to do this job can do this job. And we've outsourced evangelism from, from a thing that all of us do, uh, our sharing Jesus with people, which all of us are called to. We've outsourced that to professional evangelists, to professional pastors. And, 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 and we tell people, oh, hey, look, if you want to know about Jesus... I'll invite you to come to my church. I'll invite you to come to this event so the pastor can tell you about Jesus. But they need to know Jesus in that very moment. And you're the one that's there. See, this is where that notion that all of us have an eldership role. All of us have that role to guide and to share Jesus at some point. This is is totally not what Jesus called us to in Matthew 28. He didn't say, go therefore and invite people to come and hear your favorite preacher. He said, go therefore, make disciples of all nations. He said, you, if you you understand the language there, you go therefore and make disciples of all nations. The same can be said of the office of elders. In many cases, the office of elders are, are, are there simply to support the pastor so that he can do his professional duty. But here, and we'll read this soon as well, is that the elders, they are the ones who are the overseers and the guides by example. They are the shepherds. And, and, and just as well, all of us join in that work of, of, of building up one another. But they lead in that work. And it's a big task. And another job of a shepherd is to protect the sheep from wolves and, and predators. Matthew 7 is, is one of uh, uh, many texts that, that are the, the beware texts, is what I like to call them. And in this case, it's beware of the false prophets. And it goes on in, in verse 15. It, it says, Beware of the false prophets, for they, disguise, they are disguised in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. How does a shepherd protect against wolves? Well, he sets a straight course. I, there are people out here who have owned sheep, so please correct me if I'm wrong. I've never been a shepherd. Um, but the job of a shepherd, to my understanding, is that they set a straight course for where there's safety, where there is, is food. If you look at Shepherds in Jesus' time, they, they follow strict paths. They knew where to go, where it was safe for the sheep to go, and where they could get to green pastures, and they studied this. In the same way, elders study the way of Christ so that they can lead people to that narrow gate. This is what our elders have done an amazing job with, i got to say, over the past couple of years, you know, in studying for the statement of faith that we're putting together. But not only that, dealing with, with situations that, that become difficult in, in protecting people. It's not an easy position. But it's one, according to, to our texts that we're reading today, it's one to be held in, in noble esteem and of high value. It's a noble task. 
Paul says. He says this in First Timothy 3, verse 1. The saying is, is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. So here again, we see that this is a specific role within the body of Christ. And, and it's one that is is prescribed from Scripture. So it's one that, that we can't say, oh, we don't, we don't need elders, because clearly here in Scripture it says we do. Um, and again, overseers. We, we need overseers. Do we, do we see our need for an overseer, though? Like in our lives, in our faith life, do we actually step back and, and say, I need somebody to hold me accountable. I need somebody to, 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 to pass on wisdom because I'm not there yet. I don't know it all yet. I need those other people sitting around me in the pews with their gifts. I, I need that gift because I don't have that gift. But I need somebody with that gift to help build me up. Do we see our need for accountability today? Accountability today. We have an attitude today that devalues Godly correction and counsel. And Proverbs and, and Psalms, they encourage us to seek after godly counsel. I mean, Proverbs says that, that it is a fool who doesn't accept godly counsel. For us to step back and realize we need it. But in today's society, we can have a terrible idea. We can have a, a terrible course set before us. And we think that's the right way to go. And all we got to do is go on to YouTube. Or, or and we, can, we can find a thousand people, or even, even theologians, who support our mis- misdirection. So we can say, what do I need elders for? I got YouTube. I got Christian books. I got Christian radio. I can find people who agree with me and tell me that I'm doing it right. I don't need correction. I don't need guidance. You know, in fact, we, we have many people that, 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 that don't worship in, in the body. They say, well, look, I, I, just, I just watch DVDs. I, I, I just watch YouTube videos. That's not the body of Christ. We need each other. We need the gifts that God has given us. Otherwise, he wouldn't have given them. What can an elder do that they can't, Right? I mean, these guys, they always agree with me. They always tell me things that I'm interested in. All I have to do is, is type in the thing that I'm interested in. I get, I get what I want. Never mind that they're trying to sell their books and videos to me. I mean, the, the, but what can an elder do that they can't? Mainly that you know them. They know you. You can talk with you, walk with you. If you ask, and if you're really <clears throat> willing to see the gifts that God has given them and to see how that, that builds you up, you can learn a lot. But this is a huge task, and this is where that humility part comes in, stepping back and saying, you know what, I need to ask the people around me. How can, you know what, I'm, I'm, I'm laying low in this area. I'm, I'm not. I'm not feeling right in this area. But I know you're gifted in this area. Can you? Can you help build me up? That that takes a huge amount of humility. I don't always have that humility. But to be able to step back and say, I, I need an elder. I need an overseer.
That, that takes a lot. Um, this, this, then we move into, if, if this is the case, if, if elders are the guides, if elders are the overseers, then, then it's a huge noble task. There's, there's expectations then for an elder. Moral expectations. How you live your life. Because again, what we just read was that elders lead by example. So, so the way that an elder leads their life and leads their faith life is, is, is important. First Timothy 3, 7, uh, 1 to 7. The rest of this text that we just started with. The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, because this is a noble task, therefore an overseer must be above reproach. The husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own house well, with all dignity, keeping his children submissive. For if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert. Or he may be puffed up with conceit and fall into condemnation. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders, so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. Able to teach... Acts 20, 28 says this, Pay careful attention to yourselves and to the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to care for the church which he obtained with his own blood. Careful teaching. Able to teach. So to care for the sheep and the flock is to pay close attention first to ourselves, to be in the Word, to be praying and considering the things of God, to be going deeper. And prayer. If anyone is among you is sick, let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Not, so so we, we, we value these men as, as those who, who can pray for us. And again, this is another part of, of that humility thing. That we actually stand back and we say, hey, you know what, I need prayer for this. I can't do this on my own. Would you guys pray for me? That's a, that's a huge thing to ask, but, but the elders are there to do that. And we do do that. And then there's the... the uh, those are the the, the, the... the guide for what elders should do, but... But then there's the moral part of this. And that can be difficult to hear. Above reproach, the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. You know, this is important. As we, as we discern leadership in the body of Christ, this is important. And, and, and it's important because Scripture says it's important, but it's important because we read in our, our text, our main text, that that elders are to lead, lead by example, serving, not domineering, but by example, not for shameful gain, not 
not under compulsion, but eagerly, having a passion for what they do. You know, and that, that can be said for, for all of the roles in the church. You know, we're, we're going to have our annual meeting in a, in a few months, and, and we consider people who, who, who would be good in those, those roles look for the passion, look for the gifting, consider what God has called them to do. And finally, we get to, to verse 4 and 5. And when the chief shepherd appears, and I'll stop here. See, now we see a, 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 a distinction between elders as shepherds and, and all of our role in, in, in shepherding in the way that God has, has called us and gifted us. And then there is a chief shepherd, Jesus. He's our example. He's the one we're pointing to. When the chief shepherd appears, you will receive an unfading crown of glory. It can't be taken away. Likewise, you who are younger, be subject to the elders. Clothe yourselves, all of you, with humility towards one another. For God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Speak when you need. Share your, your, your needs. Share where you're, you're, you're falling. Share where you're struggling. This is a huge thing. And this is, again, where the humility comes in. But to be able, once again, to, to turn to one another and say, hey, you know what? I need your gifts. I need your wisdom. I need your experience. And to realize that, that God has gifted those around you to be able to do that. And He's put in place an order in, in the body of Christ to be able to, to have those things met and to be able to be built up. So I want to encourage you as, as I finished to look for the giftings in others. To pray for, for those who, who have been called in, into eldership. Called in to be deacons as well. Called into any role. Pray for them. Pray for how they might build up one another. And humble yourself to know where you need to be built up. And to see others who can help you in that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for elders. Both those who have been called to the specific ministry of eldership and also those who have been called in day-to-day -day eldership in mentoring, in guiding. Help us to, to be humble enough to see that we're not doing this alone, that we haven't gotten there yet, that we still need to be built up, each one of us. And that you've placed in our lives people with the gifts to be able to do that. Help us to appreciate one another in that way. To ask for prayer. To ask for support. And to be able to give it. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.